Welcome to What The Fit, a podcast about what it means to be fit, whatever the fuck that means. I'm your host, Christelle Rubio, and I'm helping to share the stories of cool people doing cool shit, from fitness trainers to wellness coaches, entrepreneurs, and entertainers. We'll hear the behind-the-scenes journey, all the different ways we can take care of ourselves, and of course, we'll answer and explore the big question of, what does being fit mean to you? My guest today is a professional life and leadership coach and a trusted source for transformation. Her work is based on empowerment and her clients are on the path of refining their leadership, strengthening their inner resourcefulness, getting comfortable with being uncomfortable, and learning how to play a bigger game. You won't find this on her LinkedIn or website, but she is also hella stylish and always serving looks. Please welcome Tarita Preston. Thank you. Hello, welcome. Hi. I'm so excited to talk to you. I already mentioned that a lot of people like put you on my radar. And so I should say the first time I saw you was at Power to Pursue mm. when you did that speaking. Um, what would we what would we call that? You were kind of like in the middle as like the middle of the day to like revitalize us a little bit. Yeah, I think they call it like a mini keynote. Okay, a mini keynote. That's perfect. Um, you were dazzling in that lime green Thank dress. You. you looked so good. And as I was preparing for this conversation, I was like looking you up online and like really diving deep into the Instagram. I think the one thing that was like so striking to me was just your presence alone. Like even online, it was like, this is a woman who knows who she is, who has her shit together and is like proudly standing like in that space. Mm. And to me, that is like, so attractive and so magnetizing right now like where I am with my life I'm like those are the people that like we all need more of so I'm really excited I think it's going to be a really good conversation I have a feeling um yeah and we have like some really funny random things in common so I did the landmark forum (gasps) twice I love that and I want to talk about that because I don't know many people who have done it. Okay, so we have to tell people what it is. Yes, we okay. have to tell people what it is. So the Landmark Forum, I started my career in HR, mm-hmm. and I also love to put together an outfit. And I love looking at your... Okay, so how do you do the fit check? Like, do you do you have a little stand on your phone? Are you putting it up against something? Like, how is it, like, always perfectly, like, angled up and, like, where it's supposed to be? And, like, you're in the middle of the street. Like, how do you do it? I scout the places. Like, oh, is this a good spot? Is this? I mean, you, you don't see all the times the phone has fallen. <laughs> <laughs> but do you have a little stand for the I don't. I just sort of find a window seal. But, you know, I think the best influencers actually do have a nice stand. I think so, too. Them, so. I need to get one. Everyone's doing these. They're so cute. I I love love it. it. I love it. I love being a millennial. Yeah. It's great. (laughs) It's great. Period. Like, uh, exactly that. Um, But yeah, so I have like a bunch of random things that I want to talk about, like random topics that I've like pulled out. I'm like, I want to hear her thoughts on this. I like want to talk about this. But before we get into that, let's talk about like your story. How did you get started? What brought you to this place in your life? Okay. So I'm originally from Chicago. Oh, okay. 
and Southside, like South an actual side. city. Okay. Went to Whitney Young High School. Okay. Which is really big in Chicago. It's yeah. Like we uh, churn out a lot of leaders, and even Michelle Obama went there. So it's that high school. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, I even have Good a story of meeting Barack Obama, and he was like, you're okay, a can, dolphin. You're can a dolphin. Can you please tell the story? <laughs> well, I used to work for him when he ran his first senatorial campaign in Chicago. See, these are the things I should have been in the intro. Yeah. <laughs> totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. <laughs> Just um, a casual, I worked for Barack Obama. <laughs> And so I did that. I went to University of Illinois mm-hmm. in Urbana-Champaign. Yep, yep, I got yep. a bachelor's in political science, and then I got a master's in political science. I thought that I was going to go to law school. Yeah, I was going to say, what are you going to run for president? Uh, you know, I spent a lot of time around politics and politicians and quickly realized that people vote on really arbitrary reasons. Oh, like, yeah, it's not logical at it's all. It's not. And, it's, and usually some people vote on the one issue that you don't even have. You don't know anyone who's by this issue. It's just sort of of your moral obligation, yeah. but it's actually not impacting you at all whatsoever. Right. right. So yeah, do they? Do you, have you learned about that at all? About like how voters and like it's it seems to be it's like it's a it's a game. It's it's a contest, and it really has nothing to do with the actual policy that's going for, on. Uh, for a large percentage of people, it it doesn't. Right. But for some people, I mean, some people there are people who voters. like actually take yeah. it who are educated. Others yeah. are like, no, I don't, you know, I never really dug into this or I just don't like no, it. No, like, we okay, love guys. JFK because he's a Catholic exactly. and he's cute and he has exactly. cute, cute little kids. So right. that must be the president. So all of that was happening. And um, I talked to a lot of attorneys and I realized that a lot of them weren't actually practicing. They were coming out with a lot of debt, but they didn't really actually have jobs or so it just wasn't for me. And when did you graduate from college? With my bachelor's yeah. in 2008. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So I got my master's in 2009 and mm-hmm. then I took a year off and um, well, in 2009, I went to go, I moved to London and I worked for the UK parliament. So I worked for a labor MP. Was that amazing? It was kind of cool. It was pretty cool. So I have on my um, upcoming travel plans for 2024, I really want to go to London. Okay. And you've never been before? I've never been to to London. You will love it. I'm I'm really excited. I'm like, I think I could even do like a solo trip there. Like I would feel really comfortable. And I have really good friends, work friends that um, live in Northern Ireland. So Mm -hmm. I kind of want to make a whole little island trip up there. So maybe it. you can give me some tips. We can talk about it. Okay, for sure. Great. So I was there, and then I came back, and then I decided to move to South Korea. Did so you do that with Ashley? No, that was separate. This is before we we didn't. I didn't know Ashley. That's yeah. so crazy. We're talking about Ashley. I listened Kirkland. to her. And yeah. I was like, oh yeah, I knew that. She told me that. Yeah. That's really wild. I thought for sure that that was the connection. No. that's like not a common thing to do. No. Yeah, it's not. But our connection's here in Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. So I moved to South Korea. I lived in a town about 90 minutes outside of Seoul uh-huh. called Taejeon. And um, I was there for about a year and a half. So I was teaching everyone from preschoolers to Korean housewives who are in their 60s. Yeah. Which was so much fun having the range. Yeah. And then on the weekends, I'd just go party. Yeah. <laughs> like party on American Hell, basis, lots of yeah. clubbing. Like, I mean, you walk out the club and it's 6 a.m. Yeah, and the sun's no, out. I know. I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. I was just had that experience recently in Italy, actually. And I was like, when was the last time you stayed up all night? Like, all night. All night. It's been a while. It it's is been a while. Devastating to the body <laughs> and to the mind. <laughs> like, as soon as I started the, hearing the bird trip, I was like, oh, fuck. And like, all I can think about is, 
like I'm really into sleep and understanding like how beneficial sleep is. I'm like, I missed the human growth hormone replacement that was happening <laughs> at sleep. I missed like all these essential functions that my body needed. Like I really right. fucked it, but I had a lot of fun. So well in Korea, I would sleep sometime in a club. You take a power nap. No, <laughs> you would just have like a booth in the back. You take a power nap, and then it's like, all right, I'm ready. It's two a.m. two thirty. You needed twenty minutes. Yeah, I just to needed like twenty minutes on. to come back. Oh my god, did you enjoy living abroad? Like, was that? Oh, like, I loved it. You loved it. I mean, it, it definitely was a transition. I think it would be really challenging. It was. Some, there were. And then um, we didn't really, the world wasn't as connected as it is now, yeah. obviously. I was in a small town. It's like being a fly in the soy milk kind of thing. Yeah. Like, so many people would touch me or like freak out. I, I mean, I've traveled a lot. I remember going to Turkey and like hordes of children would just sort of follow me. I remember wow. walking through the Grand Bazaar, and this was when I was in college, and this man was like, hey, chocolate face. And it was just... Oh my god, it was horrible. Because they like so just horrible. don't see black people. Yeah, they had they, they yeah. didn't really have a lot of exposure to it. And on one hand, it's like, okay, if I saw someone who I'd never like a blue person walking down the street, I might go, Oh my god. But on the other totally. hand, it's like, Yeah. All right, people. I know. You know, we're human too. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. so we'll it can kind of wear on you. Oh yeah, for sure. Did you like London or South Korea better? They're just so different. So different, I would imagine. So different. They're so different. London was um It's like a New York. It was sort of like a New York, but I will say that the time that I went, I mean, I was, what, 23, 24, so it was very different. Yeah. Also, it was my first experience getting hit on by a lot of white men. Oh, like for the yeah. Like, it had never really happened to me, yeah. so it's kind of like, what is happening right now, you know? Yeah. Um, so that took a lot to get used to. Interesting. Yeah. Which now it's like, oh, okay, right. But having it never happened before, even my high school was, it was a nice mix, but it was predominantly yeah. mostly African-American. Yeah. Um, it was a new experience. Yeah. So, but yeah. overall, I had, I worked for a labor MP and he was over the beer committee. So when you walked into his office, it was just so much alcohol everywhere. Whiskey, beer, it's like a new party every night and they drink. Like you're going to the pub and you are getting uh -huh. it in. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah. So it's really big on drinking culture, which is same in Korea too. Oh, really? Oh. I did not know, like for the Asian countries, I thought that they didn't really drink that much. Not true. Uh, no. <laughs> all of Korea, I mean, I love watching K-dramas. I love going to Korea. You're getting hammered. Even in the dramas, it's so much stuff happens when people are drunk and they're well, saying yeah. crazy stuff. It's just yeah. like, okay. You'll even see um, ajumas, which are sort of older Korean women, uh -huh. I think grandmas. Yeah. Like just sitting in the middle of the day, having lunch. You know, it's, it's very much a part of the culture. Going out and getting drunk with your boss is a thing. Oh, wow. See, this is just so... People talk about, like, especially Cincinnati being, like, a drinking town, mm -hmm. which I think it is. There's, like, a lot of our activities. We have a ton of bars. All revolves around drinking. Like, yeah. if there's any fitness event, it's usually, like, and you get a drink with it. <laughs> like, I know. It's, just it's like, true. But in Europe, like, it's totally different. Like, I drank in Italy. Granted, I was on vacation, but, like, at least three Peronis a day. Mm -hmm. Like, at wine with lunch, wine with dinner like maybe a breakfast wine. And here it feels like we're drinking the same amount, but it's concentrated. Yes. And the wine is different. It doesn't have as many sulfites. I yeah. think it's a little bit healthier. Yeah. So, it's so you just can get different. away with it. Yeah. yeah. It's just different. I came back from Italy and I'm like slightly worried about myself because it'll be three in the afternoon. And I'm not a big, I'm a social drinker. I drink with other people. I drink when I'm going out. I don't ever drink at lone alone at my house it's just not my thing I'd rather be smoking weed and 
I find myself now I'm like, okay, it's 4 p.m. Like I could use a beer. <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, it's just like I can't like get out of the Italian mindset. I love it. That's nice. I love it. It's That's nice. just where you are. Yeah. Okay. So you're teaching in, in Korea. Yep. What so happens? I did that, yeah. came back, and I got a master's in HR. So I had worked for the Chicago Transit Authority. So you have a master's in political science and a master's in mm-hmm. human resources. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. And then I got um, recruited by GE oh, at yeah. the time, and uh, they moved me all around the U.S. So okay. I started in Louisville. And I was HR of a manufacturing site where they made washing machines. Yes. And then they moved me to Warren, Ohio for a plant closing. Then I moved to lighting. I worked in Cleveland for organization and talent development. Oh. And then I moved to Connecticut, Fairfield. Yeah. And I was there for about two years, and I was on the National Negotiations Committee. So basically, we have to negotiate a contract mm-hmm. for about 50,000 workers. Yep. And it's everyone ranging from people who make washing machines to people who make jet engines. Mm-hmm. So how do you get one package together like that? Yeah. Wrong, a lot of different unions was a little bit challenging. Yeah. And then they relocated me to Cincinnati. Oh, okay. And that's how I ended up here. Okay. Did you like your time in HR? Yeah. You did? What made you want to get a master's in HR to begin with? What made you want to do that? Well, um... It was more about necessity. I had been familiar with HR, and then I heard that if you went and got this degree program, mm-hmm. that people were coming out making like 80K, mm, which nice. was like, yeah, sign me up. <laughs> Do you know my first HR job? Tell me. I made $30,000. Oh, my gosh. And ma- we had like a $400 kind of bonus a month that we were supposed to like use for our car because it was a professional employer organization. Mm. So they worked with small to mid-sized businesses to basically outsource their HR function so they could like focus on landscaping and focus on, you know, whatever, truck drivers, whatever it is that they were doing. And so we had to drive around to clients and meet with them and like be their HR department. And I loved it because as my, for my first job, it gave me like a taste of everything within HR. I was doing benefits. I was doing payroll. I was doing safety I was doing employee relations I was doing recruiting like it was like full package so then I could see okay really out of all these things recruiting is like really where I want to be but yeah I made and I didn't major in this I majored in public relations I graduated in 2010 so it was like a rough time to get a job Mm -hmm. and I was supposed to go to George Washington University I was enrolled at George Washington University to get a master's in public relations and then I went to Colorado the summer I graduated And I saw the Rocky Mountains for the first time. And I was just like, there's more to life than I think. Yes. And I'm just going to D.C. to get this degree because I don't want to do the next thing, which is go and find a job and, like, become a real, I'm going to quote, real person. And so I, like, came home and I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't incur all this debt to do something that I'm not even real. Like, I'm just doing. And I knew. Like, once, you know. Like, the veil was lifted. I knew I was doing this. And so then you can't ignore it. So then I was like, well, what job do I do? Like, I don't even know. And someone was like, you should be in HR. And I was like, great, I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Then I got this job paying $30,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. So you did it right. (laughs) You did it way better than me. No, I mean, it, we, we all, you know, my career story is my career story, and I ended we're up in a good place. And yeah. we're all here. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, okay, so then what happened after GE? 
so, um, so during that time, I was sort of in transition. I had just discovered coaching. And so when I was in Fairfield, that's when I started doing Landmark. Oh, okay. So, so this is a good time to talk about it. That's when I started doing Landmark. So I got you were how old? In your early 20s? In my early 20s, yeah. Yep. Okay. I think I was probably 25, okay. 26, somewhere around there. The second time I did it, I was 24. Okay. So yeah. we were probably, it's probably, I graduated in 2010, you graduated in 2008, so it was probably like the same time. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's so so I ended up doing, so if, so for you, those yeah. who don't know, Landmark Forum is really this sort of transformational experience that at the time happened over the course of seven days. So you had like a three-day workshop where you are in a room with 200 other people and um, stuff like that. Like even when I was growing up, I, I really had the context of um, sort of a higher calling, a higher being, professional help. Like my grandmother did root work, you know, like psychic readings, things like that. Like I grew up in a spiritualist temple where there would be mediums. So all of that sort of informed my landmarks, not like that at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it definitely opened me up to different perspectives. So landmark is really this leadership, transformational self-help situation where you are in a room with 200 people and crying your ass off and you're talking about distinctions and rackets and ways that you make yourself a victim and I mean it's just so powerful it's just so the powerful. energy that they create yeah. I also do find it can be kind of intense from the selling perspective but yes. regardless it's life-changing it people, changed my life yes people say it's a cult but you know cults take you from your family landmark really gives you back to your family in a sense a hundred percent and it helps you discover more about yourself yep so I did landmark completely like shifted me. What what was the big shift? So like for me, I my dad left when I was 10 and I did not speak to him again until mm-hmm. after I did the landmark forum when I was 24 and yeah. I like got his number and called him on the phone. You know one of those fucking breakout times yes. and you're like go yes, call where you're these. shaking you're and like <laughs> <laughs> I hadn't talked to this my dad in oh my 14 years. Wow. And it was an amazing conversation around yeah. like forgiveness and like yeah. you are, are doing your thing. It doesn't have to be how I mm-hmm. choose to do my thing. And like, I forgive you. And like, that's that. Mm-hmm. So it was hugely transformational for me. Do you have, I mean, not that it has to be like a big story like that, but I think, what was like the big shift for you? Well, I feel like there were just so many things, right? I think it, at that time, it really helped me be in better communication with my mother. Yeah. Um, with just different family members. Yeah. Even how I related to myself. You know, because yep. a part of growing up is actually growing up, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like you could manage your life and manage situations. Yeah. And there were just so many things in my life that at the time I I was sort of I was small, <laughs> like I was just so small. Like I felt like I actually couldn't handle it. Yeah. But through Landmark, I started seeing, oh, I actually do have resourcefulness to deal with this. I can have this conversation even if I'm shaking and I can't breathe and I'm having all these somatic experiences. Right. Mm hmm. So the person that I shifted into after having that, you have to consider that when you're in Landmark, afterwards, you're, like, fucking high. It's like crazy. Like, you are just like, I can do anything. Oh, my God. I can you do know? anything. Like, seriously. seriously. I was writing letters to people. Yes. I was inviting people to that graduation that, yes. like, I've had fraught relationships. And I at 24, and it's like, your 24-year-old friends who are going out and blacking out at night are like, wow. <laughs> what you're is like, this, Yeah, like, you're, like, writing me this, like, serious letter, and you want me to, like, come to this night mm-hmm. event? I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Because I want to like continue this feeling. Like what do I do to continue this feeling? Exactly. And I think it helped that one, um, someone I really looked up to in the field was 
training in Landmark, mm-hmm. and they actually had created a program within GE that was just so revolutionary to me that I started seeing the forum leaders like, I want to be that person. I said I wanted to be a forum leader yeah. when I was younger. Yeah. It's also important to know this. And so I don't, do they have, does it still exist? It does. It, it does. does. Okay. It's changed. But I mean, at this point in time, you don't want to be, they didn't, those forum leaders actually didn't get paid. Oh, yeah. They didn't make any money. They were just doing it for the they love of it. They were doing it for yeah. the love of it. Lululemon used to have every single yes. one of their employees yep. go to the Landmark Forum. I've met a few Lululemon employees. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Which I just think is kind of, sets the stage for people of like what kind of experience this is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It was good. Did you also do, so there was like the, you know, the weekend or whatever. And then there was like the sessions that you would go to for like weeks after they had I didn't like, do that. Okay. That okay. was a bit much for me, but I did do that. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit much. It was a bit much. I mean, it's like, yeah, like listen, phone calls. Right. <laughs> I, I didn't like the, the like, heaviness of it. Dude, I called my it. dad. Like, right. I, just let me go. Right. I didn't like the heaviness of it. I didn't like the selling of it, but I did yeah. do their advanced communication course. Oh. And it was, even then, it just served to see how little we people actually listen yeah. or what they actually comprehend. Yeah. So, I mean, all of it just served. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you do the Landmark Forum, and this is kind of, does this set you on a new path for career-wise? Totally. So yeah. it was during those times that I was seriously thinking, I want to start coaching. Mm. I want to start co- That's when it, the bug just sort of hit me. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Cincinnati, and at the time, uh, GE was really big on leader as a coach, HR is like, how do you coach your clients? Yes. So I'm supporting different leaders who are over business units. And a lot of it is sort of asking them questions, working with their employee relations, helping them see things a little bit differently. Yeah, you're a business partner. Exactly. And I ended up getting coached around a really touchy topic during the time, and it was so transformational. The way that my brain shifted, it was like, how do I do this for myself, and how do I do this for other people? Wow. You know? The coaching that you received, did that for you? Yes. Yeah. Like, I was, it it was just one woman who was there just sort of, I was telling her I was having a hard time, because I think it was a lot of political unrest, Mm -hmm. and it was just so many things that were triggering me, and once I had this perspective change, it was like, oh, shit, this is, this is a thing, you know? So that's kind of how it started. And then in my role, I started coaching leaders, and they were getting these huge jobs. Well, at the time, I was laying off, uh, I mean, a ton of people. Mm. Like over my career, I've laid off over 500 people. Yeah. So it started to the second go-round. I was having PTSD. Like, yeah. it was just, it was way, I couldn't handle it anymore. And that's when I really decided, one, I felt out of integrity. How am I supposed to help support someone else, work on their fear, if... I'm in fear right now, you know, staying at this job, (laughs) right? So I really had to look at that. Yeah. And so then how did your coaching business come to be? How did you step into that? Yeah. So um, I really got clear that it was something I wanted to do. Yeah. And I started coaching at night. Mm. I started like coaching during the morning. I was in a relationship at the time that really supported me having a business. Yeah. Because he was like, hey, if you need to just sort of take some time off or get it going yeah so I will say it was it was hard I mean yeah not only am I transplanted into a new city because Cincinnati is not the easiest place to break into if you're an outsider but I'm also in a field that has historically been dominated by white older men yeah and then later white older women so it's like I look different I sound different and I'm younger yeah and not only am I um 
I'm doing life and leadership coaching Mm -hmm. where you would be surprised how many people are like, what are you doing here? Oh, I am. How did you get here? Right. Exactly. Like, can you actually lead out of a paper bag, you know? And how do you sort of work with that and still sell or present yourself? I mean, when I started, I couldn't even get people on my calendar. Like, it would be like, have a conversation about what, right? Yeah, And now it's the opposite. Right, right, right. It's just, I mean, it just shows you the grit and determination of if you want to have it happen, which is kind of what I like. I like having a business because, to me, it's sort of like going to the gym. And there are very few things that I can control. There are so many things that may not make my business successful. And I'm really clear, I'm not going to be one of those things. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have to invest in yourself. Yes, exactly. How, so do you have, like, when clients are working with you, do you have a certain, like, philosophy, framework? You know, I read on your website, you're really all about empowerment. Like, how did you even come to, like, structure what these these coaching sessions look like? Did you borrow from other people? Did you get it from yourself? You know, how did that, how does that work? So coaching is an industry that works through apprenticeship. So it makes sense. uh, So if you are going to be a good coach, I wouldn't, tr- I wouldn't hire a coach if they didn't have one. Yeah. Right. Just like I wouldn't hire a therapist. If they didn't have a therapist. Yeah. So I was lucky enough to be connected to uh, a group of coaches who were not only just transforming people's lives, mm-hmm. but actually making money. Are these like executive coaches, life coaches? So uh, a lot of the coaches that I work with have a background in spiritual psychology. Oh, which is which was like I just feel so blessed to have found it. I mean, it found you though. It really like our callings call us, right? Yeah. So the woman who introduced me to Landmark Forum, she was like, I I called her up one day. I was like, I want to get into coaching. She's like, you should start following this guy named Steve Chandler, who's Uh like this, you know. They call him like the godfather of coaching. So I started following him. He had a school. I went to his school. And then from his school, I met a woman named Carolyn who had a school in California and whose background was in, you know, spiritual psychology. So then I started flying to California once a month for school. And it was like completely, I mean, I have invested so much money in myself and my business that at this point, I know what it's like to write a 50K check to be like, hey. Let's put some money down for this. So wow. I have no problem asking people for that money now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because I know what it feels like. Yep. like and, I, and I can trust what I can provide. Yeah. But um, it was pretty life-changing. So I think that coaching is one of those industries that it's really easy entry. Anybody can call themselves a coach. Sure. <laughs> like you can, oh, I'm doing this coaching, health coaching. Yeah. Ah, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. yes, but okay, are you making money? Yeah. Can you actually support yourself? Right. right? No offense to, you know, coaches who work in-house or just by and large, is this a profession that you are thriving in? And for some people, for a majority, they aren't. Yeah. So it's like, who do I need to be to be a coach? Mm-hmm. I got to be someone who's comfortable stating my fees. I have to be someone who's willing to work with triggers mm-hmm. because whatever's happening in my personal life, I'm seeing, oh, wow, my clients are going through the same thing. So if I have a work situation, if I have a family situation, my clients will actually have it. It'll be something similar. Yeah. So I like to think of it as a whole life approach. Yep. And to answer your question, I have a few um, sort of distinctions, right? The Mm -hmm. first one is how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. Like your trunk looks like your wallet looks like your car because it has you in there. Yep. You take your inner experience around everywhere you go. So if you think I'm not good enough, people have beliefs around I'm not good enough, I have to work hard to prove myself, Um, love doesn't have boundaries, or some people just have an inner experience that... 
everyone's looking at me or they're judging me or X, Y, and Z, or, you know, I have to give so much service equals sacrifice. Mm. That's going to show up everywhere. Yeah. Right. Um, another thing is that you want to use everything. And I mean, everything, no matter what it is, difficult childhood, my dad abandoned me, you know, my parents are narcissists that had a bad break, whatever it is, you want to use it for your own growth, yeah. for your own upliftment and for your own development. Yep. If it's happening to you, it's happening for you. I love that. What that do you is, like about it? Um, I, I think probably I, what I like about it is that how, that's how I naturally have approached yeah. my life. And, you know, if, if we kind of would write down on paper all the events that would happen to me, it's, I got a high A score, you know, <laughs> you yeah. know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... I feel like I look back on all of the hard times and the trauma that I've been through and I'm just grateful. Yes. Because I'm like, I have had so many experiences that have just shown me like how to love more, how to love myself more, how to love other people more. Mm -hmm. And that I like, I don't know if I've had anyone kind of teach me that. That's just like how I've experienced the world. And it just feels so much more empowering. Yes. Totally. And I think um, it's easier to start to do that when you don't see yourself as a victim of situations. Right. While most people make those traumas, those things mean things about them, like we're meaning making machines. Yeah. And we usually make it mean something negative about us. Yeah. And then it becomes a story. Right. Exactly. Versus an actual fact. Exactly. And I think I was just maybe always hyper aware of that, that I was like, I'm not the victim. Like like when I've been really knocked down like at like a very very low place is when I like feel this roar inside that's like this is not the thing Mm -hmm. like this isn't going to be the thing that gets you down like you are not staying down yes but I don't you know people may ask where does that come from I I don't know like I don't I I really it's just like I, I was just feel like I was born with it I don't know like I don't know if it's something I could help other people act realize or like find but it's just like my sense of self, I guess. I think that's wonderful. It's your unique accent. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. What were we talking about? Before oh, that? so, okay. So then lastly, I would say, you know, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Because that's kind of all of life. All of life. Yeah. All of life. So these are really simply stated, but powerful notions for people mm-hmm. that if you can really like, really grasp them not not just hear them and like think oh yes I get it but like really get it that 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 could infiltrate and impact every aspect of your life I think well I will say that some of the stuff that I show my clients or talk about people would consider radical oh really yes like if you just think about I don't know what do you think what's right what's just just the idea that you know you're the catalyst for your own growth your own upliftment and your own development yeah and i think sometimes it can it can look a myriad of ways right like our personalities can be so people usually think their personality is stuck or it's fixed or this is just how i am mm. that's just a behavior that you just practice yeah. and quite frankly you probably made that shit up in high school yeah. and it's a strategy that you created when you were younger because yep. it served when you were 5 but you're a grown person now and you're still in some way, shape, or form doing the same thing. Like I, li- I like to ask clients, you know, what's one conversation that you know you need to have and you aren't having it? Everybody has something. Yeah. There's always something out there that you could be leaning in more to that you could really handle, but 
there's usually a story that yeah. you know they can't handle it, which really means you can't handle it. Right. Um, or I don't have enough time, so now you're a victim to time. Like, that's actually one of the things I talk to a lot of my clients about. Like, there's just not enough time. There's so many things in my calendar. Who owns your calendar? I know. It's you. That was a story I had for so long, mm-hmm. for many years. I just don't have time. Yeah. I'm like, well, you know, when I started getting rid of some, rid of, rid of some of the bullshit in my life, mm-hmm. I suddenly had a lot more time. Yes. I have a lot of time now. Yes. I have so much time. <laughs> and it's so freeing. It's so freeing. It's so freeing. But I was stuck in that for a long time. Or because I, it does feel like I don't have time, but it's like you, like you said, it's your calendar. You're putting items in the slots. Yes. It's like you don't have a time management issue. You have a people-pleasing issue. Yeah. And I think that's or distraction the part. Issue, like distraction, you, yeah. all those things, you know. And I think sometimes when we start talking about people-pleasing, it's very thin line to martyrdom. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, these people need me. They need this. You just like being needed. Mm-hmm. So why don't we look at that? Yeah. Because you think your worth and your value is like what you do for people versus mm-hmm. who you are. What's been helpful for me, and I kind of clued you into some of the stuff I'm I'm dealing with, if I start to think about like what I like want to give someone else or like I want from someone else, I kind of reframe it of like, how about you give yourself that? Yes. Yes. How about you be that thing? You know, if I'm like kind of feeling down, oh, I wish that I, you know, had someone to do something fun with. Like, no, you, I'll be the fun. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like silly example, but like, no, it makes sense. Like putting it back into like, how can you be there for you or you give yourself what you need? Or how can you take better care of yourself? But what I find is that most people don't want to do that. It's like they resent the idea that they I have to take care of it. I have to do it. Oh. I have to. Yes. If It's like if you aren't taking care of you, if you don't know what makes you tick, what you need, how are you even showing up in a relationship? Right. Because you don't actually know yourself. No. And I think that's the leading edge. It's right. It's like how do I create space and time to actually get to know myself? Mm-hmm. And yeah. what does that require? Yeah. What is what are some like big themes that you see people dealing with right now? Like, do we have common issues within people that are coming to you for help that you're like, oh, this might be some like something's in the universe right now. Like we're all kind of dealing with this kind of thing. Do you see that? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think um, everyone's sort of trying to wrap their arms around self-care, mm. like what it is, what um, it is. And I think some people have a very linear and sort of elementary idea of what self-care is. Like, some people just put in the realm of, okay, am I, like, getting my nails done or I'm going to the spa or whatever. While I think of it more as complete care. Yeah. Because it's not complete if it doesn't include you. Yeah. But so many people are sort of burnt out or they're giving to other people and they don't actually know how to support themselves. They don't know how to fill their own cups. Yeah. Um, I also think that people have, you know, issues with boundaries. Totally. Like, thinking that if I establish a boundary, it's wrong or it's bad. I also like to teach clients the distinction between leading versus caretaking because mm. those are two very different ideas. Yeah, you know, Leading is giving people the space to experience their own power, including you, right? Like saying what needs to be said and handling it. But oftentimes we stop ourselves because it's like, oh, I don't want to disappoint yeah. or I don't want to do X, Y, and Z or they're going to be mad at me. It's like, first of all, disappointment doesn't equal pain. I know, but for many of us, it does. It does. It does. Right and now. And the, stru- yeah. the current structure of the mind. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, let's just slow it down. Like, if, if you could just go 5% slower, let's just really examine that. 
Yeah. Because even in saying stuff like that, like they're going to be mad at me or I don't want to disappoint them. It's like there's this entity or situation that's so much bigger than you. It's it's very elementary in thinking. Mm-hmm. It's like you're already jumping into this person's emotional experience right. and trying to manage it. When it's like people do that so much that they your job is to manage how you feel. Right. You need to I work know. on that versus right. why are you over here and there and checking feeling, their inventory? Yeah, feeling safe in the, the own your own space. Right. But I think I think for so many of us, like that didn't equal safety. Like, hey, I have to manage your emotions. I have to monitor your emotions so that I can feel safe. Yes. Yes. And I would offer that's usually emotional caretaking of a parent, yeah. right? Or having to be the safety for someone right. who may have been emotive or a volatile or whatever yeah. that is, which I mean, at the end of the day, I think a lot of people create their future from their past. Yeah. They recycle past experiences, past beliefs, past situations versus creating their future from a future that hasn't existed before. Right. Oh, I mean, the brain likes yes. to know what the brain already likes to know. Yes. Like, we would rather stay in a situation that is harmful to us. Yes. Than go into something we don't know what it's going to be. Right. Yeah. When on the other side of that, it could be the most beautiful thing and I think the biggest theme I see is that people will readily believe in an outer power or trust in something higher than themselves, but they don't actually have self-trust. Interesting. I was going to ask you, like, what do you think that that quality or that trait or like what is it that people are tapping into that when you do make one of those really hard decisions to leave a situation or, you know, to set a boundary or whatever – and you don't know what the outcome is going to be. Like, what are what are people drawing on when they do make those leaps yeah. or they do take those steps? So I think it's a combination of self-trust. Self-trust. And inner resourcefulness. Yeah. And inner resources basically means that there is a part inside of me, no matter what's occurring, that I can access a level of peace. Mm. I don't actually have to get on the emotional roller coaster. I don't have to get on this train. I don't have to react to everything that people are bringing me into. I can find my own sense of peace, my own sense of solace, and my own sense of knowing that, okay, regardless of what happens, I'm a woman, I'm a person who can get through anything. Mm-hmm. And the more that you... Take, yeah. Yes, it's a practice. It's a practice. Yeah. I would also say even just being your own soft place to land. Mm. Because a lot of people aren't. They're, yeah. And they sort of, you know, I'm my harshest critic or I'm there's nothing good about that. No. Like there's nothing good about that. No. It's not even it's not even I wouldn't even tell people that. You have enough critics in the world. Like you uh, for a, for a while too, I was just thinking, well, like if I'm not hard on myself, then I'll go soft or I'll lose right. my motivation or my ambition or whatever exactly. it is. And over time, I've just been like, what? You know, I think of people in a professional setting, you know, teams that I have, family members. What I, when I see them performing their best is when I'm encouraging them and I'm mm-hmm. positively, you know, talking to them. No one, like, does well when they're, like, being screamed at and ridiculed exactly. and criticized. So, like, why would I think it's any different from how I'm going to talk to myself? Right. And I think you, what you're outlining is um, something called a collapsing belief. It's like two beliefs that hold the same space. Mm. So for me to be productive, I have to be hard on myself. Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Where did that come from? Where did that, who, who's doing that? Because I don't, just to your point, when we're stressed, yep. when we're anxious, I can't think clearly. I can't do a lot of things. But if I could slow myself down, take a bath, you know, clear my mind, yeah. tell someone I got to 
process this, integrate it, and not just mentally, but just like we have a consciousness, our body has one yeah. that it wants to grow and expand. Yeah. I actually see things clearer. Yep. But I think we as a society and technology are just moving so fast, mm-hmm. just on to the next, on to the next, that slowing down is actually like revolutionary. 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 Yes. What I wrote something down about, I think, oh, at home resting yourself is a requirement. Yes. Something yes. Said. Being being able to rest in yourself, to just take a load off, not raising the bar, not putting more pressure on yourself. It's like, where are you trying to get to? Like that, that I challenge everyone, like, let that be the goal. How can you rest more? How yeah. can you just like do less? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, How can I love myself more? Yeah. 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 Coming from like a, a loving way, like to support you. Yeah, that's been, I've been, I've been diligent about that. Like mm-hmm. just doing less, resting, moving around my house slowly, yes. not rushing from one thing to the next. Mm-hmm. Simple things that I think ultimately will have like a bigger impact of just like telling your body and your brain, it's okay to move slow. Yes. It's safe to move slow. There's no threat. You're not running from anything. You can You aren't in survival mode. No, you're not. You can relax. Yeah, you can be leisurely. Yes, you can be receptive to new insights, new downloads when you're actually sort of at home in yourself. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, Okay, I want to talk about... Okay, so you're also trained in the Enneagram. Oh, yeah, yeah. What Enneagram are you? Uh, I'm a seven. A seven. Oh, my God. (laughs) What are you? Of course. I'm a three. Okay. Yeah. The asshole one of them all. What? Never. (laughs) Never. No, I'm just kidding. Well, isn't it, don't they say, like, for the Enneagram, like, you're always the one that you, like, dislike the most? I like my type. (laughs) No, yeah, of course, because you have, like, the fun. That's what everyone thinks. Bubbly, nice, Whatever. You know, red flags are not that red if you are wearing rose-colored glasses. I know. So. (laughs) I know. I know so many sevens. Like, I'm friends with so many sevens. Because there's just great people to be around. Yeah. They're yeah. great. I'm not that friends with I'm not friends with a lot of sevens. Really? Actually, yeah, not really, no. Maybe one or two. Interesting. Um, the other Enneagram, I know an I know two other Enneagram coaches. One's a seven mm-hmm. and one's an eight. You know Whitney. Ellison? Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, yes. yeah. Okay. She's an eight. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, do you bring in Enneagram work with your clients? Occasionally, like, if, if I think if, it would serve. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just a tool that you use. Yeah, 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 cool. We bring in so much stuff for some clients. We do intuitive readings. We do channelings. For other ones, we're very, like, logical, by the book. Let me give them a process. You know, all the clients across the board, they all get the self-forgiveness tool, though. But What's the self-forgiveness tool? um, So one thing I like to help clients start to see is how often they're judging. Mm. Judging themselves, judging other people. So often. And it happens all the time. All right? the time. Right? And what we run on ourselves, we run on other people. Yeah. So it's hard to work in environments where you're feeling judged. It's hard to give feedback to people because we don't actually hear the feedback. We hear your judgment. Mm-hmm. And um, self-judgment doesn't work because it's one of those things that it's very close to guilt. Makes you second guess your decision making. It erodes your self trust. So self forgivenesses are sort of a process that you know I'll put both my hands over my heart. Yeah, I'll be like you know, Tarita, I forgive myself for judging myself as weak. Yeah, I forgive myself for judging myself as not being good at X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and then I'll follow it up with a truth, like a truth with a capital T H. Okay, like what would an example be? Right. Not just like divine, not just truth, but like divine truth. And so truth might be, I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah. 
or I'm learning a new skill. Yeah. Right. So many people readily put themselves in boxes that they were just quite frankly born to break out of. Yeah. So a lot of my work is kind of reprogramming. Right. Re um, energizing them, helping them see things differently so that they can have a sense of peace and calm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what everyone's after, the yeah. sense of peace and calm. I like that. Just like a hand over the heart, I forgive myself for X, yeah. Y, and Z. I'm doing the best that I can. Right. Or I'm learning a new skill. Or be- I'm, I'm, I'm practicing a new pattern. Exactly. Because we're, what we're really learning is how to be in relationship with ourselves. Yes. So that you can have more balance, that you can be a better parent, a better partner, a better yeah. human being. But if you don't actually spend time with yourself, it's going to be harder to connect and really connect with other people. Yeah. No, definitely. Oh, love that. Um, okay, I want to talk about spirit babies. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> because I've heard. Yeah. I followed some accounts and followed some people. They kind of talk about spirit babies. But, okay. like, I don't really know what it is, and I'm interested. Okay. So spirit babies are in the world of channeling. Okay. So and so when we say the world of channeling what do do we mean by that so when you are okay so let's slow it down even more when we are talking about channeling what you're really doing is you're inviting someone to consider that perhaps you are a soul having a human experience yes yes and that you have had multiple lifetimes yes and this is just one lifetime on earth school yes but you've also lived in you know different dimensions and other places have you had your akashic records read is it like an akashic record it's so I actually read Akashic Records for okay. my clients. Nice. I have a reader that I, I mean, shout out to Katie Garber. Yeah, who's I've a had my Akashic local. Records read before. I it's love like it. I'm chatting her up every month. So fascinating. So great. Um, Spirit babies are sort of like the back door in a okay. way, right? So when you are, so when someone's channeling for you, they are sort of talking to different realms. But in this particular realm, they're talking to babies that have not been incarnated here on earth yes and so the premise is that you know your children choose you yes because there's a lineage there's a parenting there's a lesson that they want to learn they want to express themselves through your bloodline yeah so i have so i have worked with a woman who has helped me channel my unborn kid Uh uh-huh and honestly the kid's dropping gems. Really? <laughs> they're dropping gems. She's dropping gems. She's like gotten me together. It's a girl. Yeah. She's gotten me together on dates. She's been like, okay, mom. How do you, how do you like harness <laughs> so this? So crazy. So um, I, when I first started, I worked with an intuitive named Jessica, who's okay. not based here. She's based in Seattle. But um, you ever, I mean, and the thing is like, if you are an intuitive, you're going to have intuitive friends. Right, so, right, right. I mean, my friends are like, you got to talk to her. You got to talk yeah, to yeah, her. Yeah. And Within, it was so crazy. I was getting my hair braided, and I was a little late to the call because I had just gotten done. And I was like, I'm so sorry. You know, I just got my hair done, da-da-da. And she's like, your daughter wants you to know her hair is braided, too. And it was like, You're like oh, my God. Oh, like, this is how we're starting this. Right, like. <laughs> Let's All right, just here kick we it go. up, right? Yeah. So some of the stuff that she was saying was just so spot on. Like she said, like she didn't know anything about me. Uh-huh. And she was like, so I'm seeing you on dates, and it feels like it's an interview. Oh. Like HR lady. Oh. And I was like, this bitch is reading me <laughs> yeah, for yeah, filth. Yeah, like, damn it. She's reading me for filth. <laughs> so, yes. So I have been sort of working with her for probably a year, and we talk a few times a month. Uh-huh. I, no, no, no. Th- a few times a year, maybe yeah. three times. And then... I had already done the Akashic Record reading, so I was already actually channeling for clients. And I'm like, I want to lean more into this spirit baby thing. Yeah. Like how do, what, is, what do I need to do? How yes. does it work? So I, on my own, haven't connected to my own spirit baby, but yeah. 
that's going to be forthcoming in a few weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Yeah, when I had my Akashic Records read, this was a couple years ago. Yeah. Um, she had mentioned that I had like a baby boy around me that was like really wanting to come through. Mm-hmm. He has not yet come through, obviously. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I've had multiple. I'm convinced if I have a child, like it will be a boy first born. I've had multiple, you know, psychics, heal, whatever, like talk about like a boy as my firstborn. I love so it. So I'm like already just know. I love it. I just know. I love it. But they haven't taught me any. Like, he hasn't taught me anything. Oh, man. This, I mean, mine's chatty. <laughs> yeah. It's chatty. So you you get her when you're talking to this lady. Like, can you get her on your own? I, I guess. I haven't actually. So I can channel a few things, but I haven't actually have, tried to tune into okay. my future daughter. What does that look like when you, like, channel and tune in? Do you have to, like, get centered? Are you saying a prayer? Like, what's the... So the way I do it is through Akashic Record readings. Okay. And there's a prayer that you say. To you open kinda, the book. Like, open the book. Yeah. But it's closely tied to how you use your senses to get information, right? Oh. So we have, what, five senses? quote unquote, yeah. but we actually have more. Mm. So this is when you're getting to the clairs, right? Clairvoyant, you oh, have clear yeah. sight, clear audience, you hear things. Oh. Um, I'm more clear sentient, like I will actually feel things in my body. So I've given readings to people who have, you know, asked about a parent or a relative and I'll tell them, you know, I don't know what's going on, but I'm like rocking a baby, I'm burping a baby. And they're like, oh yeah, you know, I just had an abortion or, oh, yeah. you know, my father was in the Holocaust and that's why you're feeling that way. Cause I started seeing like people being chained oh, behind God. me, you know? Yeah. So, um, Claire Gustin's, some people have taste, like they can just sort of talk to someone and taste things in their mouth. It's like, what's going on with that? Oh so, my God, that's weird. Yeah. But, but I would also say it's not a gift. Yeah. Like anyone can do this I've if heard you start every, to tune into yeah, it. Yeah, right, right, right. That it's just about tapping in and everyone has the ability to do it. It's, it's whether a human you're, thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. How do you decide, do clients specifically ask for this or how do you decide like, hey, I think we need to do some Akashic record or like, hey, I want to work with you. On sp-. Like how do you? Sometimes they, so it depends, right? Like for some clients, we aren't going there and I'm okay with us not going there, right? Yeah. Other clients, I'm like, have you ever considered doing some intuitive work? Or or I may ease them into it, right? If they're talking about some experience they're having in their body, I may say, well, why don't we put your hands there and mm. tell me what you sense? And yeah. if your body was, what what's your body saying to you right now? And they come up with it. <laughs> like, yeah. they're telling me stuff. I'm like, wow, okay, tell me more, right? Yeah. So, um, it just, I sort of feel into it. Some of the spiritual girlies are like, oh, my God, Tarita, tell me about the altar work. Yeah. Other guys is like, no, we ain't, we're not going to do that. Yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. Totally Like, fine. how do I get a promotion? And you're like, all right, right. we can do that. Yeah, too. yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I Listen, I'm up for whatever you're yeah, up yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's great. Okay, so I want to talk about this. I saw this on your story recently. I think it, you had reposted something about a confidence path or like an upward spiral. Oh, yeah, positive upward spiral. A I positive upward spiral. spiral. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and I feel like I am newly on a confidence path. Okay. Like I am on an upward spiral. Love it. And it's a feeling that I wish so badly I could bottle and give to other women. Mm-hmm. And the unfortunate part, I think, is that sometimes, maybe not all the time, but sometimes that upward spiral, that confidence path comes from doing a really difficult thing Yeah, for yourself. Totally. Like really giving into yourself. And so it's almost like you can't get the reward without 
the like work of it. Yeah. But I wanted to hear from you, like what, how do you think people can get on like an upward spiral or like a confidence path? Well, I like to tell clients that, you know, here's another uh, distinction, right? It's not the issue. That's the issue. Yeah. It's how you relate to the issue. Mm -hmm. That's the issue. And most importantly, it's how you relate to yourself. So for me, I once had a really difficult boss who, you know, he was my issue. If, if it's like I would try to intuit his feelings before he even asked. I would run, oh, my God, is he disappointed in me or does he not like me? It's mm-hmm. like anytime you're doing that in the workplace, you want to look at that. Yeah. It's like where are you giving power to some outer yeah. authority yes. that you're I've like that. making God? I mean, I've people make that. money God. Yeah. <laughs> like they make money oxygen. It's just so many things. Like you can't yeah. breathe without it. You think about it all the time. So and then I got asked the question, okay, if it's not – if he's not the issue, it's how you relate to him. Well, you know, how are you relating to him? Mm. Oh, if this man said jump, I was saying how high, you know, like it was like, it was as if he was a parental figure or it's just like, and how often do people just sort of assign those things to people at work or in our personal life? It's like, that's not actually accurate. Right. You know, so how do we start to create more inner growth? Mm. And then it's like, well, what are you telling yourself? Well, I'm telling myself I have to work harder. I'm telling myself I have to prove it, that all these people are looking at me. It's like, that's not actually real. Yeah. So one, I would say clearing any false beliefs, any limitations. I would get curious about things that I find that are imbalanced in my life, Mm. that are energetic cords, relationships that I already know either I need to shift it, I need to heal it, or I need to change it. Mm, and I shift think, it, heal it, or change right, it. Right. And I yeah. think work is a really great place for that. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a really great place to experience your own power. It's also a great place to heal. Stuff. Yeah. It's like, where do you readily give your power away? Where do you make choices that actually disempower you? Where do you spend time with people who drain you? Yeah. Where are you sort of in a trauma bond (laughs) or where are you just honestly playing small or stopping yourself or using things like, oh, I procrastinate. And it's like how you how do you create yourself? Mm -hmm. Like you are your you you are your own catalyst. So what's the story you have about you and your own capabilities? And I would even consider, you know, places where you dream. So with clients, we dream a lot. And it's like the only criteria is your dream has to be 50 percent believable. 50%. 50%. Just 50% That's believable. It. Yeah. That's it. You know? So I think that once people really start to slow down and question, just, and also, just because you think it doesn't mean it's real. Yeah. Like, we think, I mean, my mind can make up some really crazy shit. The it's craziest. Not actually accurate. The cra- I'm off on a different lifetime. Yes. In a couple minutes. Yes. And then it's <laughs> like, oh, well, you know, what are they thinking about me? It's like, if we can just sort of settle all that, if we can just lay it out in front of us and look at it and examine it and- yep. Most people judge it or make it wrong. If yep. I could be really loving, if I could look at it from a place of curiosity, yes, curiosity, there's places that I could just make even a 5% more change. So for women, I'm like, you know, you could be 5% more assertive. What yeah. would just 5% more assertive look, assertiveness look like? Yeah. You know, 5% more of like game change and energy. 5% more willingness to be uncomfortable. Yeah. Because usually when people get uncomfortable, they just shut down. Right. Right. It's like if you 5%, I mean, for the finance people, Compound interest goes a long way. Yeah. It goes a really yeah. long way. You don't need to be a totally different person, but you do need to start growing the muscle. Yes, because I think that's where then the upward spiral happens, the confidence path yes. happens, is that you are doing it, you're you're examining your you're figuring out what you need to do and you're doing the thing, you're taking action. Like you're making a little bit, five percent, a little bit of progress. Yes. Then you're like, okay, I did that thing. What else can I do? Exactly. 
maybe the next time it's 10%. You, right. you know, like that's how the confidence builds until one day you're just feeling like a fucking million. But like, I feel so premium. <laughs> I love that. Like that is the word that comes to mind. Yes. Like premium. Yes. And you know, if you, to your point, if you do it once, you'll do it a thousand times. Oh yeah. You stand up to yourself once, you'll do it again. Yeah. I, I take Pilates in OTR. And at one point I love I'm in Pilates class and there's a man that's standing right outside of the Pilates studio. You go to 12th street? Just watching us yeah. do Pilates. Yeah. And he's just standing there. Uh-huh. And I started getting so pissed off. Of it course. was like, you know what? I'm not standing for this. I got off my reformer and went to the door. And everybody was like, you don't have to do that. It's okay. All of us are collectively uncomfortable. We're uncomfortable. It's, this is not working for me. Yeah. This is not working. I don't <laughs> know about you, but it's not working for me. <laughs> so let's just try to ignore it. Yeah. And then no. like totally get out of our bodies and like totally not be into our workout. And, and then it's following me at home. No, fuck that. Yeah. I was like, open that door like, sir, you need to leave right now. You're making everyone uncomfortable. What do you say? And he was just like, oh, I'm just waiting to wash the windows. You need to wait someplace else. Yeah. You need to wait <laughs> someplace else. Yeah. And he just looked at me and then he was like, okay. Yeah. And he walked away. Yeah. It's like, but you, yeah, no. Fuck it me. took it took twenty seconds, and now no, we're, we got to clean back. this up. Yeah, because <laughs> this is not gonna work for me. That's good. I like that. Speaking of self care, what do you do to take care of yourself? Like, what are your favorite ways to? I think of like I think try to think of self care now is like, how am I like, not only like pampering, but like. I think of it as like a full physical form. Like how am I like caring for this like being that I am? Yeah. How do you like to do that? So I feel like some people may think my self-care regimen is I need to do a lot to keep myself in balance. Me too. <laughs> I have to do a lot Let's and I love it. I love it. So, I mean, obviously I look at it from a sort of a physical, I think, well, a few things. I think we're a psycho-spiritual being, mm-hmm. right? So things that occur in our lives, thoughts have energy, situations have energy, and just like it's impacting my mental, my body actually is impacted by it too, which mm-hmm. creates stuck emotion, yeah. you know, in your bones and your tissues. I've also done a lot of like, um, I've done ayahuasca. Oh, you have? Like, I went on ayahuasca. I mean, I've done ayahuasca. Where did you like do ayahuasca? In a row. In Costa Rica? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you, yeah. Did you go to Rhythmia? No, I did okay. not. I have not done it. I, okay. um, I'm not there. Okay. I yeah. feel like that's a tool I don't need to do right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you'll know it. Yeah. You'll know it. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, you'll know. But I mean, have I had the experience of being a speck of sand in the universe? I yeah. know what that feels like. Yeah. I don't. That's that's where I'm like, ah, uh, I don't know it's if I'm gnarly. ready for that. <laughs> yeah. And it's good that you don't know if you're ready because let me tell you, wow. Wow. Yeah. It's intense. It's yeah. intense. Um, and I've also done past life regressions. So things like that are part of my self-care routine, like uh-huh. landmark, yes. getting coaching, yep. Akashic record readings. So deep introspection. Yes, deep. absolutely. Because I can't take people further than I've gone. Yeah. So well, if I've fair. never gotten uncomfortable or had to really step myself away from some stuff, I'm not going to be able to relate or even slow down. So I'll do that. So I talk to my coach. I mean, I'm so excited to tell people my business. <laughs> like, yeah. I love it, especially people I've paid money for. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. Um, physically, I like to ground. I like to go for walks. Mm-hmm. I also do a lot of somatic work. So I've hired yoga teachers to come to my house and sort of teach me how to get more embodied. Wow. I go to yoga Thai therapy, which is, oh, my gosh, just so wonderful. I lay on a mattress for two hours a month. 
and she massages my bodies and yeah. uh, my body and aligns my meridians. And so she'll be like, I'll notice like, oh, this is so painful. And she's like, yes, that's your heart protector. Are you having some emotional issue? It's like a process where she helps me understand how my body is integrating and processing. My jaw's on the floor. It is. And then at you the need end. To give me, you, you need to share this contact information. I, I'll tell you off, <laughs> offline because, listen, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm going to yeah. gatekeep some of this because, yeah, no, you no, know, no. I can't get in. I yeah, can't yeah, yeah. get in. No, I understand. <laughs> I understand. I understand. So at the end, she kind of covers me in sandbags. What? And she puts an eye mask over me in. And then we just play, like, chanting music. This is stuff that's so up my alley. No, I love it. She's plays, like, chanting music. Um, and that's great. Yep. I've done like um, what else? Acupuncture. Yeah, I love. I acupuncture. love acupuncture. I've yeah. even done dry needling. I love that yeah. too. I had a whole list of like, oh, I want to talk about that. If you come to my house, I have a electromagnetic frequency mat. I have a sauna blanket. You like? I, what's it called? EM? Is it called like an EMF mat? EMF. Yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. 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 Yep. And it helps sort of clear the free free radicals that are sort of flying around, all those things. Yes, okay. Um, I have a sauna blanket. Oh, it's, yeah. It's just kind of like the land of toys. <laughs> like, I have sandbags at my house. When my friends come over, they call it the neutralizing zone because yes. I'll lay the mat up and I'll put sandbags on them and play Amazing. music. All those things. Amazing. So. Yeah, no, I'm, to I'm into all of that. I love yes. it. I I'm really just like, I don't know if... I'm just really into doing any kind of practice, I guess, where like I'm walking away and I'm like, okay, I feel like I've rearranged something within me. You mm -hmm. know, like I feel like I've, I, I guess it is just like being more in touch with the body. Like the things I'm drawn to so much right now are my morning affirmations. Love it. So I won't get out of bed and I put on an insight timer. Do you know insight timer? Mm -hmm. And they have like a, all kinds of affirmation guided meditations. And I think, feel a difference after I do it. Like I feel like in my cells, I feel a difference and I'll do somatic exercises before bed, like, um, hip circles or just like gentle, like rocking or, or whatever. I feel a huge difference. Like yes. my state of being is altered. I'm calmer. I'm centered. Like I can just feel such a difference. So I'm all of these things that I'm doing. It's like, it's be, people may ask like, oh my God, how do you keep a routine like so structured? You're so disciplined. And I'm like, it feels so good. Yeah. Yeah. Like it true. Like I'm truly paying attention to how I feel before and after. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't feel like it's a disciplined thing at all to do these things because it's just like, it feels like I'm like hugging myself, loving You're myself. Nurturing yeah, yourself. nurturing. That's yeah. a great word. I also, it. um, I live a very woman centered life yeah. too. So I, um, I set my schedule around my 28-day cycle. Same. So, right? <laughs> Alyssa Vidya saved my life, right? So yes, when yes. I'm ovulating, when I'm in yep. follicular phase, put me yep. out, make me sell, yep. let's go shake some trees, yep. right? Yep. Yep. I am not trying to lead a workshop when I'm on my moon. No. I'm not trying to do it. No, also, no, no. I'm really big on, so I get energy work. I go, I have a woman who sort of channels the energy from the earth. And Amazing. like, and when I tell you after those sessions, it's like, I didn't even know I was out of my body till yeah. I'm back in it. And yeah. it, it is so, it feels so powerful. And then for some clients, we do energy work on their calls too. Mm -hmm. But um, supplement game. I mean, oh, if yeah. you walk in my house, you, baby. I'll, yeah. <laughs> 
baby, I got a whole drawer. My friends love coming over because I've changed. I've changed their honey. I've changed their eat this, don't eat that. Like yeah. I'll, my, it's so funny. I went to go visit my girlfriend in New York, and I'm really big on check-ins. Like, okay, so how's this going? Yeah, yeah. You know, is there anything you want more, or less of? Like, just so we know. Yeah. And because I can sort of be really scrunchy mom about reading labels. Mm-hmm. Like is this yellow number six, I'm not oh, eating that. Yeah. You know, like no way. And she was like, can we pretend that both of us are on vacation? Like, yeah. could you just stop reading the labels or just not tell me? Yeah, was just like, for a, a short period of time. It's like, you know, here, I won't tell you, Yeah, but I'm not going to stop reading the labels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you, able to, are you able to, like, turn it off at all? Turn it off at all to be like, okay, I'm just... I'm enjoying my life right now. Like yeah. in this moment, like I'm not, you know, thinking about bettering myself or feeling better. Like I'm just in this moment having fun. Can you do that too? Yes. I think yeah. that this, I think it was harder for me early in my career. Cause you yes. know, it's kind of like landmark energy. Like ah, I gotta do it. Yeah. But now it's like, Tarita, I can relax. I can yeah. be in the flow. I can be supported by like the rhythms of the earth. <laughs> like yeah. even as I say it, I know how right. some people would be like, what the hell are you talking about? But you know, if it was a cult, I'm definitely a member. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like if it, I, know. I am, I'm no, me too. I'm only get growing more into this direction. Me too. I can because, tell you that because it feels good. I yes. feel supportive. I I feel mm-hmm. supported. I feel better. I feel good. Yeah. Like why? I, like I don't. Why well, I don't know why I wouldn't do this. But some people, I guess, it just doesn't click. That's just not where their attention's focused or whatever mm-hmm. it is, and that's okay. You don't yeah. have to do that into it. It can be varying degrees. Everything's not for everybody. Do you, what do you, like, physically for a workout, what do you do to, oh, like, support so your body? I like going to Pilates. Yes. I like walking. Yeah. I used to be a CrossFitter. Oh, really? I used to be a CrossFitter. I actually trained to do fitness competitions, but I started noticing I was becoming, this was many years ago. Yeah. The CrossFit, not so much, but fitness competitions, I was becoming a little too... Um, obsessed yeah, with the yeah, food yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 of course. You know? That's how and it goes. It was like, oh, yeah. I, I, this isn't good for me. Yeah. And um, hot yoga. Hell yeah. Like, I, I like a good Bikram. Yeah. Give me 90 minutes to sweat it out, Ooh, and yeah. we're in there. I yeah. don't like running. No. I don't like running. I saw you play tennis, too. Oh, yes. Thank you for reminding yeah. me. I love tennis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you good? You know, I'm moving my way up. Yeah, I, I bet. I did my first tournament, good. and I did not, you know, I creamed some 70-year-olds, and I felt really good about that. That's fun. <laughs> That's one thing that I think I would like. I say that I would like to have a sport. But then when it comes down to to doing it, I'm like, uh, I don't know. I want to get more into gymnastics. I you took a few lessons. Look like less. you would be into gymnastics. Yeah. It's not for me. I'm too far from the ground. It's not for me. But I but gymnastics are like that to me is like the pinnacle of physical fitness mm, of the human mm. body. Like the range of motion, the power, the speed. Like it's like everything combined into yep. gymnastics are just like the ultimate. I think that I think. that and yoga, like really getting into yoga as in, mm-hmm. you know, uh, becoming stretching and all this stuff, like yeah. actually hitting the poses. I want to, I'm seriously considering going to maybe like a 30 day yoga retreat or something like that. I, that's like my dream. Yeah. Where you wake up in the morning, they're feeding you like an all vegetarian locally sourced exactly. diet and you're just exactly. drinking water and you start the day with like meditation and yoga and then there's quiet time and there's yoga again right. and then there's like more. <laughs> and there's greenery. I think I'm in, I don't know, India, Honduras, something like that. That sounds amazing. I don't think I could take 30 days off of work though. That's where I am. You could because you have structured your life in such a way. <laughs> and I think clients would be so into it. <laughs> like when yeah, I tell them. Yeah, you could them, like say that it, this is like. 
you know, this could be like upscaling for your job. Yeah, it is. You, it this is. is a tax write-off. It is. It really is. It truly is. It is. And I think they are inspired when I'm like, oh, I'm not working in December or January. And they're like, how do I get to do that? You know? Yeah, so you're right. All right. Let's create some freedom calls. Yep. Yep. I don't know. I could maybe go to my boss and be like, hey, I need to take 30 days to do this yoga retreat. <laughs> you could be okay with that. You Let's could. see it. Okay, Tarita, we've come to the big question. Now that we're in the dark, I hope you don't mind that we're oh, literally sitting in, it's great. in the pitch black. I mean, we have the, some candlelight. The candle vibe light. is nice. Yeah. It's a it's nice good. little vibe. It's good. Um, the big question of the podcast is, what does being fit mean to you? I love it. Um, fitness to me really is closely tied to longevity. Mm. And longevity not in the way of, you know, years or things like that, but to me, longevity is really being able to thrive in my physicality, no matter what's occurring. So how can I be present with my body, no matter you know what my body's processing or integrating or leaning into without judgment? Mm. So giving wow. my body what it needs, any support that it needs without feeling like um, it has to be or look a certain way. Yeah. The without judgment part is really yeah. nice and critical, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. And not putting, you know, limitations on my body. Like it has to be like this and it has to look like that. And if it isn't like this, it's bad. It's right. like or it could do this before. Why can't it do exactly, it now? Yeah. Exactly. It's like yeah. my body has its own consciousness that it wants to grow and express. Yeah. And we're like squishy little sacks of goo. Mm-hmm. Like it's not going to be the same all the time. Yeah, we're like living, breathing. We are living, breathing things. Like we're changing. It's dynamic. It's dynamic. It's dynamic. And my cells have a history. My muscle tissues it's have a history. Expand. It's got to contract. Totally. Like and everything you've been through, your body was there. Yeah, your body was there. Yeah. So how do I help support my body, giving it whatever it needs, without making that wrong? Yeah, that's fitness. That's being fit for sure. Where can people follow you? Where can they find out more if they want to work with you? I highly recommend following her just for the outfits alone. So so I'm pretty active on Instagram, and my handle is Tarita Preston. Nice. Um, you got that early, huh? The first yeah. and last name. Good so, to go. You know, only competition <laughs> is my aunt. Yeah. She's not, you know, there's not that many Tarita Prestons around yeah. here. Um, as far as clients, I'm actually on a wait list until next year. Amazing. So I'm not taking any new clients until Good probably for February. You. Okay. Well, people can bookmark and yeah. maybe. Send me an email. Yeah. Just admin at taritapreston.com. We can definitely get you on there. And then my website is Tarita Preston. I'm also on LinkedIn, too. Yep. Phenomenal. I could sit and talk to you. This forever. was so much fun. So much fun. I felt I, like, like it went by keep, so fast. I know it did. It did go by so fast for me too. I want to like keep talking about these self care things. I'm just like <laughs> so interested. But thank you so much for coming. I appreciate you, um, listeners. Follow Tarita, and I hope you love this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at Chrissy Gurley. K-R-I-S-S-Y-G-I-R-L-I-E and at What The Fit Podcast. If you're loving What The Fit, please help spread the word. Send it to a friend, share it to your story. And if you are looking for even more exclusive content, become a Patreon member. You can find it at patreon.com slash whatthefitpodcast. Love ya.